0: On today's episode of Go Book Yourself, the podcast that helps you master writing, marketing, and publishing, one bite at a time, we're talking about compounding momentum and combating sluggy feelings to get your book written and written well. But first, listen to Mia's transportive voice to put you in the mood. Tune in to Go Book Yourself, powered by Helix Interactive with your book coach and publishing expert, Hilary Jastrum, It's my goal on every episode of Go Book Yourself to give you what you want. And this episode is no different, but first, why don't you give me a little bit of what I want and give me your ear. I'll tell you all about our sponsor. J Hill Creative is the parent company to Bookmark Publishing House. We're helping authors everywhere get published and get clarity on their book writing journey. If you need a mountain guide as you cross those craggy trails and peaks, please come see us at one jhillcreative.1ljhillcreative.com. Send me an email. We'll embark on your book writing adventure today. Over 100 books, people. That's why I'm here. I've worked with enough authors at this point to tell you what kind of help they need. What little earworms and tidbits help them hop over the white bowl? As Ernest Hemingway put it, in other words, he's referring to writer's block. If you follow me, you know I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in writer's judgment. And we all need a little kick in the caboose now and then. So I want to give you some super motivation to get you pumped up. And writing or pumped up and dictating, as it were. These are the replies to the liar in my head, and I refer to them as different personalities because that is how they present themselves. I believe we are people comprised of multiple personalities that make up varying moods, and that's what it feels like to me. Maybe you have a different way of looking at it, but when I hear these voices, I know they're lying to me. I know they're telling me what I want to hear in that moment based on my mood. I want to justify. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm thinking about something else that happened yesterday or the day before. I can't let go. I'm holding a grudge. I'm sad. I'm going through a loss. That is life. Life is ugly. You got to put on your track suit. You got to put on your rain boots. You got to put on your sun hat and your sunglasses. You got to grab your Kleenex. That is life showing up in all its iterations for you. And if you want to keep progressing forward, you need to know how to take life on the chin and it'll hit you. And the responses that you can give to help you move forward. I have found as a person who has tried to avoid conflict hmm, about 99% of her life, I'm getting better at it now, getting better at standing in my truth and standing in my fear and letting life hit me. I'm still standing. But what I found is that if I move into a trigger, if I move into a moment where I'm feeling a conflict, it really helps me to be prepared. So when I hear that liar in my head, I can say, I knew you were gonna be there. I knew you were gonna say this to me. I knew you were gonna try and throw me off the path today. So this is my response. This is my undertaking. This is my commitment, my perseverance. I will not be shaken. And then I dig into it. Liar number one. Nobody is going to read what I write. Let me tell you what my reaction to that is. And I'm sure my audio guy is going to love this. (laughs) Whatever. You want to tell yourself that. It's easy to tell yourself that. That is a very base level of fear. It's a justification. Nobody is going to read what I write, therefore, I am not going to write it. It is one of the simplest excuses that we can give ourselves. We have to stop ourselves in that moment. Why are you writing the book? Are you writing it for you? Or are you writing it for someone else? The thought process goes, even if one person reads it and is helped by it, enlightened by it, entertained by it, If they love it up, it is worth it. And you know more than one person is going to read it. This thought process, nobody is going to read what I write, is rooted outside of you where the self-confidence lives at the moment. We want to get that self-confidence inside into the core of you so that if you have that thought, nobody is going to read what I write. The resounding thought is who cares? Is that why... I wrote it. I wrote it to help people. And I know if I write it from a place of helping people, that my audience will be found. The book will be found. I'm going to talk about it so people are going to know about it. I'm going to do marketing so people are going to know about it. Maybe a more accurate thought is not many people are going to read what I write right away. That's true. As a first-time author, you do have to work and build that readership, but not nobody. You're going to have people read it. You need to have that faith. Turn that liar off. I'm working on it, liar. I'm working on it every single day. I'm building my readership. I don't need to hear that from you. I wrote the book to help people, and if it helps one person, that has fulfilled me. Liar number two. I'll get around to it later. Lies, 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 lies. Where are all those memes right now? I want them at the ready. I was going to write, but I decided to do the dishes. I decided to reorganize my bills. I cleaned out the dust bunnies under my bed. Anything but writing. You tell yourself that because right now there's a reason you don't want to write. Let's be honest about that. It's not because it's so pressing to rearrange the silverware drawer. We choose to do these things that can definitely wait a day. You don't have to sort through your Goodwill bag right now. You know that. And nobody's saying that you're not going to get to it shortly. Because if we compartmentalize our writing, we're revisiting it consistently, then we're done and we move on to other things. So I'll get around to it later, is rooted in, I'm procrastinating because I don't feel good enough. I'm procrastinating because I'm overwhelmed. Those are valid points. That's where we need to tackle the feeling Liar number three, my book won't be any good. Says who? Who told you that? So there's somebody around there standing and saying, hey, you wrote a book. It's not going to be any good. Nobody's going to read it. Is that your estimation of you? How you feel about your work? Your book might not be good to some people. Those are probably not your people. Your book is probably going to be fantastic to other people. We have to let go of the fact that we believe we have to please everyone. That first book in comparison to your second and third, you might want to go back and rewrite it or restructure, reorganize, revise, update it, re-release it. Sure, If you feel your book is not going to be any good, you're going to have that feeling, first of all, as a first-time author, and you're supposed to. Feelings like that indicate how much you care. I care, and it's upsetting that I believe my book won't be any good. That is a great feeling to have. What can we do about it? Liar number four, what's the point? Well, what's the point of anything? As my husband likes to say, how long is a piece of string? I never I never really got that analogy. It's all good. So what is the point of anything? Do you hear that? That's the book monster taking a big chomp out of you. What's the point? Nobody's gonna read it. What's the point of my sharing this? It's a wasted effort. Well, it's it's nagging at you. Something told you, I need to write this book. So you know there's a point. Dive down into the specifics of your book. Why did I write it? What am I sharing? What do I hope to impart to other people to help them? Even if it's a fiction book. What's the point? Entertainment is the point. Wackiness, being ludicrous, making people laugh, making people think. What's the point of your business book? You obviously had a thought at some point that what you're doing is valuable. That's the point. What you're doing has helped you. That's the point. I want to help other people. Move back into that. Fixate yourself and gratitude. I'm lucky enough to have the story I want to share with the world. I'm lucky enough to have the life that I do so I can teach it to other people. Liar number five. This work is overwhelming. Now, this isn't really a lie per se. The assessment might not be quite accurate, and that spells out to me that we need to work on some organization. If you're feeling that the work is overwhelming, honor the feeling, sit with the feeling, release the feeling. And releasing the feeling doesn't mean like, I'm not feeling it anymore and it's magical and it went away like it was never here. Releasing the feeling is saying, I don't know what to do with it right now, so I'm just gonna let it exist with me in the same room While I do something else, I'm going to put my attention on something else, but I'm still going to honor the feeling. The work is overwhelming. Likely, you need help with organization. Those big projects that you're doing are built up and they're made up of different little pieces. How can you dissect the big chunks To come up with the smaller jobs that need to be done. Oh, I have to do all these extraneous pieces of this book. Great, that's a big chunk right there. I do break the book up into various categories. I say, here's the cover, here's the interior, here's the extraneous pieces. I break that up when I'm working with authors. Within each of those headings, whether it's the cover, whether it's the interior, etc. It's all made up of little pieces. So if you're dealing with, while well, I'm working on these extraneous pieces, there's so much to do here, one thing at a time. It's not going anywhere. One thing at a time. The more that you do one thing at a time, the more empowered you will feel. Liar number six, it's gonna take a long time. Relative to what? You're still going to age. This is an indication to me that you need help figuring out how to time collapse your project. Are you using the best tools to your abilities right now? You might not be. I've got authors who say, I'm gonna write this book And they need to sit down and they need to write it. I've got some people who say, I love to write it out, handwrite it. And then I take that and I put that into a Word doc or whatever the case is. Some people like to print their books. Okay. That might feel like a process. That might feel like something that feels good to you. But is it adding on time if that's what you're concerned with? It might be time to detach from some of those processes so you can move forward and save some time. Liar number seven. I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe these aren't all liars. Some of these are just thoughts, too. I don't know what I'm doing. Valid. Valid. You're not supposed to know. Not on your first book. Not really on your second. You get your feet wet a little bit. Oh, I remember doing this. I remember doing that. Also, maybe you're doing things the hard way, like we talked about, and this is a combination of, I'm taking too much time by investing in processes that are not paying me back, and I'm not using the right applications or software tools to get things done. Break down your tasks. Learn about it. I love learning about things. Learning is my jam, man. If I could tell old Hillary, which would be young Hillary, sitting in that parochial school in her uniform, be in the moment and learn. Learn about electricity. Learn about science. Learn about dinosaurs. Learn. Learn about the relationship between numbers. Learn shortcuts. Learn about history, sociology, learn, 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 learn. Then you will know what you're doing. I've had authors teach me a thing or two. I tried out this new distribution channel. It's really working. Oh, really? That's fantastic. I will never be so arrogant as to think I know it all. And I think that takes away a joy of life. Learning is paramount. To our human experience. It is an incredible gift when you don't know what you're doing or you feel that way. It's time to learn. It's time to ask somebody who has been there. It is time to look for guidance. And how exciting for you that you're about to change from a person who didn't have a particular piece of knowledge to somebody who can speak confidently on it now because you went through the process. Liar number eight, what if I hate it? Well, then you're not done. But you will probably need someone to tell you when you're done. First time author is so hard to recognize the book is done. I don't need to change anything else. Stop playing with the cover. Stop playing with the content. Stop playing with the ending. Stop playing with the beginning. Stop inserting different things that you're not even sure why you're doing it. But you just feel like, I have to keep working on it, because if I do, then I don't have to focus on putting it out into the world. Now, conversely, if you honestly don't like it, well, this didn't come out the way I wanted it to, I didn't say this thing that I wanted to, then you're not done. And you need an editor who understands that. Even if it means you pay a little bit of extra money, you're not done. You must, must... proud of your book, or you will never promote it. will never promote it. I tell the story of my first cover I had for Killing Carl, and I did it myself. We went out and took a picture at a playground. I did all the fonts, selected the fonts, and arranged the word art on the cover and everything, and I did the formatting, whatever. But I didn't feel proud of it, so I never talked about it. Now, eventually, a couple years down the road, I had that cover redone. Now I'm really proud to talk about it. Really proud to talk about it. I had people read the book. Is it plausible? Does it make sense? Is it entertaining? Is the content delivered in in the order that you like? Did you feel close to the characters? Was there good character development? I don't hate it. I'm proud of it. It took me eight freaking years to put that book out. Boy, I sounded Minnesotan then, huh? Little casserole for ya? (laughs) I gotta beat that Minnesotan accent out if it's the last thing I do. Personality or liar number nine, I'd rather do something else. Procrastination has to do with feeling like an imposter. It has to do with what you feel you deserve. I don't treat this project with care and love and attention. So I don't really deserve the best result because of it. And if I don't do that, if I'm just fitting it in, if I'm not taking the time with it that I want to, I know that. No, I'm not doing my best job. I also know... I'm not going to get the results that I want. And I also know in some deeper part of me buried away in my troglodyte caveman psyche. I deserve bad results because I didn't care. So think about why you're walking away from it. How are you treating it? Is this just a box you want to check? But you're not all in. Does somebody tell you I have to write a book? Somebody can tell you that all day long. Nobody can make you care about it but you. And when you care about it, you will gravitate towards learning about it, towards spending time in it. And when you do that, when you get those results that you love, you will feel whole. You will feel righteous. You will feel justified, vindicated. I sunk in the time. I did the work. I got the great results. And I deserved it. So if you're feeling like I'd rather do something else, yeah, maybe take a minute. Is this something that you want to do? And if you want to do it, commit to yourself. Just like you're committing to any relationship in your life. This is the relationship with yourself. You're committing. I deserve this. I deserve good treatment. I deserve the best treatment. So I'm going to treat my book that way. I'm going to treat what I need to do in the tasks for this book that way. Liar number 10. I don't want to do things in the way that I'm not used to. I come back again to some of our most exciting times in life, center around learning new things. I also think there can be a little shard of arrogance in there, a little shard of ego in there. I don't want to learn that. I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it my way. And this can be an excuse, too. I don't want to do it. I shouldn't have to do it. Is actually... I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid I'm not going to be good. I'm, I don't like feeling that learning curve. We all experience that learning curve. It's so exciting. And at the same time, it is so frustrating. But we never, ever forget it. When we start a new job, and there's about that three to four month learning curve until you get really, really good. And you start to know what you're doing. You start to anticipate some of the tasks on your plate that make up some of the larger projects. You're just kind of fumbling around. It is not a good feeling. It is leveling to a human being. It takes you down to a place where you don't feel a lot of pride, where you feel a lot of vulnerability. It's hard to be there. But it's one of the best things that you can do to expand your mind. As well as You should have an editor who says, I get how you're feeling right now. This is new. It's scary. You're taking these tentative steps out of the barn like a newborn baby colt. And I'm here with you to help you. I'm here to meet you. So if you do things this way, you don't use an outline traditionally, you know, like it looks. Like it was taught to you in your English class, you know, you do it differently. Great, okay, can we adapt that? Can we work that way? Can we take out that piece of intimidation to help people move along? That's a great conversation to have. Lie number 11, I have analysis paralysis. I don't know where to start. So many of these things come back to the same theme. It's interesting. These are very basic, elemental feelings that all of these lies are rooted in. How do we eat an elephant? I start with the easiest task first. You might have some people say, that doesn't work for me. I like to do the hardest thing first. Get it out of the way. I start with tasks that I don't have to track. If I need to email someone, return a call or a text, I won't even put it on the list. I won't check off that it's done. If it's on the list, I'll just do it. That takes out some of that time that I'm using to track that activity. From there, I hit the easy stuff. I keep going until I can attack the larger pieces. I have to review this, great. Okay, I have to respond to this email, perfect, great. The larger pieces, again, can likely be taken apart to look at those smaller pieces that can become again, you guessed it, easy. Even those big chunk pieces, take those apart, find the easy bits, bing, 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 knock them off. It helps so much to remove some of that intimidation. Part of tackling the big book boogeyman has to do with having responses prepared to tear your excuses down. And I'm telling you, the more you practice, the easier it gets. You're integrating regular life, running to the vet and school and the grocery store. It's blending in now with your book writing tasks. So you're making that time. You're combating those liars that pop up in your head. If they're not liars, they're emotions. They're your different personalities brought on by mood. The more you do this and the more that you confront these self-limiting beliefs with ready responses, the more powerful you are going to feel. The more powerful you feel, the more you're gonna kickstart that motivation and keep going. You're gonna want to do it then. At some point, do it often enough. These little voices are gonna crop up, you're just gonna bat them right away. Just bat them away. I don't know what this is. This is a moth buzzing around the light. I don't even pay attention to it. It's not real. It's not true. It's not bothering me. I'm centered. I'm whole. I'm strong in my focus that I want to get this done. Really hoping this helps you today as it helps me every single day. Every single day, I practice some form of self-mastery. I am in no way a master. I'm open to that vulnerability so I can keep going and keep getting Better? Some massive love and the best vibes to you as you figure out your book creation. It's worth it. You will never regret writing your book. Never. Now, isn't it time to go book yourself? You know where to go. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Until next time, authors. Right on.